All righty. We have been dealing with the I am's of Jesus Christ for the last meeting or two, the last couple meetings. And beyond that, we've been dealing with the church that is his body for a quite a period of time. And being the church who is his body, we should know who he is. And of course, in Matthew's gospel, we've looked at this many times in the book of, of, of Matthew. It's recorded that Jesus asked them, whom do men say, I, the son of man, am? So Jesus asked, who is he? Ask his disciples, who do men say I am? And then he asked them, who do you or whom do you say that I am? And of course, Peter says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Well, in John's Gospels, as said in the last week or last couple weeks of lessons, Jesus defines himself. He declares that he is the bread of life. He declares that he is the light. I am the bread. I am the light of the world. I am come that you may have life. I am he. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the door to the sheepfold. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. Now, in these declarations, I believe Jesus is declaring to us who he is. As his body, we should understand who he is. So over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at Lord willing, each one of these in these uh, Sunday uh, lessons. So each one of these will be looking at who he is. Glory to God. Who does he say that he is? I am the bread of life. And we looked at this last week that he said he is the bread of life. So in John 6, 31, the Bible reads, Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread out of heaven to eat. Jesus therefore said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, It was not Moses that gave you the bread out of heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which cometh down out of heaven and giveth life unto the world. They said therefore unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall not hunger, and he that believe on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that you have seen me and yet believe not all that which the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out, for I am come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him 
that sent me. So he declares he is the bread of life, that, that the bread Moses gave, the manna in the wilderness, was not that bread. But Christ himself is the bread of life. And, and in this, I, I want to emphasize a point. The point I want to emphasize is the life, the bread of life. I want us to hear this. And I want us to consider the scripture that the Apostle Paul writes that in Adam, all mankind was made dead. Every man is dead in Adam. So when we read in our Bible everlasting life or we read eternal life, it's talking about an entire different life than what we have in the natural man. So when Jesus says, I'm the bread of life, I want us to hear this. He's the bread of the eternal life of God. In fact, he goes on to say, I am the resurrection and the life. So the life that we receive from the bread of life, what we're, what we're receiving is another life. We're receiving a, another way of living, if we can hear this. We really are. He is other than the natural man. He became a natural man. And, and that's what Jesus says in these passages, scriptures, that he is the bread of life that come down out of heaven. So he came down out of heaven, and he giveth his life to the world. So, he come down from heaven and give, gave himself to the world that whosoever eats of him would have his life. And again, I make a really strong point and a distinction in it. His life. That's what you're receiving. You're receiving his life. That's what this bread is out of, is him. And so, so that should make it even more real to us as we read Matthew 6, and Jesus telling his disciples how to pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, I know... Most of the time we read these scriptures and we think of natural bread. And God does supply natural, natural needs. But give us this day our bread from heaven. Our bread of life. Give us this bread. That's how we should pray. Father, give us this bread that Jesus said he is, that we can live in this life. So we pray, give us this life. And we come to a distinction of this life. He's the bread of life. 
He's the bread of life. He is the life. And to have the life, I must eat the bread. That's the way it is. If I don't eat the bread, I don't have the life. And I, and I want to speak to even Christians here because uh, I grew up as a young man and in what we call church. I grew up in church, going to church, what, what we talk about going to meetings on Sunday morning. We've called that going to church for most of our lives. And, and as I've been sharing for some weeks, the Apostle Paul calls the church his body, the fullness of him. So, so the church is not where we go. We gather as the church. And we have churches, you know, gatherings of the Lord, absolutely. And they can be in buildings. They can be wherever but the church is his body, the fullness of him. And when we get into this of Jesus being the bread of life, the church is the body of this life. That's what it's the body of. It's the body of Christ, the bread of life. And he came down from heaven, the Bible says, to give us this life. That's what he did. He gave us a distinct life that is different than we had in the natural man. In Adam, like I said, in Adam all die. All mankind is dead. So Jesus defines life and death. In Adam, all is dead. When we eat of him, we eat of life. He is eternal life. So going on down through here in John chapter 6, in verse 48, he declares, I am the bread of life. Actually, I need to back up a verse. Verse 47 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drinketh and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whosoever eateth my flesh, and drinketh my blood, hath eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day, for my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. My Lord Jesus. There is so much here to break down in his declaration of the bread of life. 
And I know I'm going to say this again, but I want to make this distinction. The bread of life. Not natural life. Spiritual life. Heavenly life. The life that came down from heaven. The life that was with God from the beginning. In Him was life. And the life was the light of the world. That's the bread of life we're eating of. Not natural life. It's transforming our hearts, our minds, our soul into His life. So we eat of Him and we pray, Father, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus declared that he that believeth hath everlasting life. So as this word is made real to us and we receive it, we're receiving everlasting life. You know, from the simplicity of being born again, believing that he died for our sins, that the sins of the world was laid upon him, and that he rose from the dead, that God raised him from the dead. That's what the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 10, that, and, he, and he says that we believe with our heart and we confess with our mouth and we are saved. Whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So whoso calls on the name of the Lord Jesus, they are saved. And they are saved in another life, in eternal life. And that's, that's what I'm wanting us to get a hold of, that eternal life is Him. That He's other than natural life. Glory to God. He is spiritual life. And this bread we're eating is of the Spirit. And Jesus says in John 6, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So we're receiving this word, this revelation of Jesus Christ by the Spirit. And as we receive it, we're eating of Him. Glory to God. Now, I want us to zero in on a couple things in, in these passages of scriptures. You know, he says, he that comes to me will never hunger and thirst. And, and I said this last time, he's a continual supply. There's no end of his supply. We, we come to him, we're not going to run out of water. We're not going to run out of bread. We're not going to run out of supply. He is everlasting. He is ongoing. So we're, we're going to have eternal bread. And remember what Jesus said in, I believe it's Matthew 6 or Matthew 5 in what we call the Beatitudes. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. I want you to remember that. I really, really want you to remember those that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Okay? How are we filled with righteousness? Well, Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood has eternal life. So we read this. Now, 
Paul goes on to say in his epistles that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are his righteousness. Why? Because he's righteous. How are we his righteousness? Because we're eating of him. We're being filled with him that is righteous. Now, I want to point you to the blood. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood. See, what we're doing, we're eating of what he says. And for a moment, I want to point you to the blood in Matthew chapter 26 and around verse 28, Matthew 26. Jesus declares, verse 27, and he took the cup and he gave thanks and gave to them. Or actually, I'm going to back up to 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take ye, this is my body. Glory to God. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink you all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So he gave thanks. He told them to eat his body and to drink his blood. This, this new covenant is sealed, is the new testament or new covenant in my blood. Now, this is a very, very powerful statement, and we need to understand this statement. We really need to get a hold of this. In the book of Hebrews 12, if you'll turn there in your Bible to Hebrews 12, the Apostle Paul declares that we've not come to Mount Sinai, but we've come to Mount Zion. And we've come to a new covenant is really what, what he's talking about. We've come to a whole different understanding, a whole different relationship with God in Christ. And unfortunately, many of God's people do not understand they're in a whole different relationship than they were in the old covenant. The old covenant, Jesus, or the new covenant is not Jesus plus the old covenant. The new covenant is Jesus sealed in his blood. And that's why he says, you eat my flesh and drink my blood. See, a lot of believers are still eating from the old covenant. Their, their understanding is out of the old covenant. They're still trying to live unto God by the old covenant. See, the writer of Hebrews says, we've come to Mount Zion, verse 22, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better than that of Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. We'll stop right here. So here's the blood again. Unless you eat my flesh and drink 
my blood. So here the writer says, this blood speaks better than Abel's. What does this blood say? Well, Jesus told us in, in the book of Matthew, and we can read the same thing in Luke, this blood is for the remitting of your sins. This is the new covenant in my blood. See, in the old covenant, in, in this passage in Hebrews 12, this, this blesses me so much when I read this, God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. See, in the old covenant, in Moses being the mediator of the old covenant, none could be made perfect there. No, not one. All have sinned, the Bible says, and fallen short of the glory of God. So no one could be perfected. No one could be complete. No one's sins could be fully done away with. We're not in that covenant with God. We're not, we shouldn't be living in that understanding because we come to a covenant that we are complete in Christ. That's what Paul says. You are complete in Him. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. You come to a blood that cries better than Abel's, that speaks better than Abel's, speaks greater than vengeance, speaks greater than the blood of the animals, the blood of, of goats and bulls and turtle doves that they had to bring over and over and over again in that old covenant sacrificial system. That was declaring Christ, but now that Christ has come, we've come to a blood that says our sins, our iniquities have been remitted. That's what it declares. It declares that we are dead with him. We are crucified with him. We are buried with him. And we are raised up in his life. That's what it declares. This is a greater blood. This is what eating his flesh and drinking his blood means. We're eating that that he has established in the new covenant. We're eating that that he's established. See, the new covenant is established in Christ Jesus the Lord. He is the mediator of the new covenant. He is actually the fullness of the new covenant. His, his flesh and his body, as, as, as I was reading that in Matthew uh, 26 a while ago, in the old covenant, they, they were over and over again eating the, the bread of Passover. And they would come and eat that bread, and that bread uh, would be like a, we could say, a purification. But see, that bread could never purify. It spoke of purification. It spoke of, of, of you, you know, the unblemished life. But it couldn't bring it forth. That's all it was, was speaking of it. Jesus didn't just speak of it. Jesus is it. And when we eat him, just like we read in Matthew, we're filled with righteousness. We eat what his blood says. We eat what his body says. His body was broken for us that we could be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that we could in fact be filled with all fullness of God in Christ. 
That's what he did. And that's what eating his flesh and drinking his blood does. See, if I go back and I eat the law, and I try to live to God out of the law, over and over again, I'm going to find I'm unrighteous. But when I begin to eat of Christ, when I begin to eat his word, and I, and I receive of him, I hear you're a new creature. You're a new creation. You're created of God in Christ Jesus. You're the creation of God in Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. So this is a whole new understanding. We're a new creature. This is what Jesus says in the offering of his body in the pouring out of his blood. This is what he bought. He's redeemed us from Adam to Christ. He's redeemed us from the earth to the heaven, if we can hear it. We're, we're redeemed from the natural man to the spiritual man. We've been redeemed. We sing these songs, I've been redeemed. What does it mean? We're redeemed unto God to bring forth fruit unto God. See, under the law, we couldn't bring forth fruit unto God. We would labor in our own works. We would labor trying to be right with God. I, I can't tell you how often I ran to altars, even in my early Christian life, trying to be right with God without knowing that Jesus made me right. Well, then how do you walk right? You eat him. How do you live right? You eat him. See, because we're, if we can hear it, we're, we're taking in to ourselves what he is. We're receiving what he is. See, he is right. He is holy. He is pure. He is kind. And this is what we're doing. We're, we're feeding on him. Glory to God. We're feeding on him. He is our righteousness. He is our kindness. We can go on and on and on. And, and that's what's happening in my soul. What he is is becoming alive in me that I can disperse him into the earth, that I can give him into the earth. That's what's going on. Jesus is becoming alive in me. He already is in me. He's already living in me. He's already alive in me. But, but the reality of this is, is coming forth in my heart telling you that. If I eat him and drink his blood, he raises me up in his life. Not it. He doesn't raise me up in my old life that was unrighteous, that was impure, that, that was filled with all the despairs. He raises me up into his life. That's salvation. You are in Christ Jesus. Now, now when you come to this, passage in John 6, what, what had just happened? What had just happened in the book of John as you come to this passage in John 6? Jesus had just fed the multitude. That's what had just happened. He had just fed the multitude. So I want us to look at this, at him feeding the multitude for a moment in John chapter 6. He in verse 7, Philip said to him, 
or actually verse 5, when Jesus had lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he gave thanks, he distributed to the disciples. And the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. So he took the loaves and he broke them. I was speaking of his body. He broke his body and distributed it to his disciples. Now we're going to read in Ephesians 4 in a second, and it goes right along with this if we can hear it. So he distributed to his disciples, and his disciples took the bread that they had received. They received from Jesus the bread, and they gave it to the multitude. And when the multitude ate of that bread, there was an increase. Lest a corn of wheat falls to the ground and abideth alone. But if it falls in the ground and dies, it brings forth much fruit. All of these things Jesus says in John's Gospels are speaking to him. If the corn of wheat falls in the ground and dies, it brings forth much fruit. And as Jesus broke that bread, speaking of his body being broken and given for the world, he gave it to the disciples, and his disciples gave it to those that were set down to eat of him. And then they took up 12 baskets full. They took up an increase, speaking of the increase of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Now in Ephesians chapter 4, and we'll stop right here, Ephesians 4. It says here, verse 7, Ephesians 4, 7 says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of earth, of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Notice this, that he might fill all things. Remember the broken bread to fill those that were sitting there that were hungry. Now Jesus has ascended that he might fill all things. And it says, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Till we come there. He that descended 
ascended up far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave gifts in the men. And here it says he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting, for the work of the ministry, for the perfecting of the body of Christ till the body increases to the fullness of the stature of the Son of God into a perfect man. Until there's 12 baskets full. <laughs> he came to fill all things with himself. And he fills it through his word, his bread. He's filling us up through his word, with himself. He that descended, descended up far above all heavens to feel all things, to feel. Glory to God. He did the work in Calvary and ascended back where he was before. That's what he, what he says in, in, to the disciples in John 6. What if you see me ascend up to where I was before? Why, why did he, and we should ask ourselves, why did he descend down? To bring many sons to glory. That's why to bring us to his glory, that we could walk in his light, that we could dwell in his understanding, that we could live in his life. And we come into this through eating his flesh and drinking his blood. We partake of him. Glory to God. That's what we're doing. We're partaking of Christ Jesus, the Lord. We're eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And he's pushing this word out, if we can hear it, through members of his body. His body is declaring him. His body is feeding one another the living bread of life. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Let us evermore eat this bread. Let us really come and dine as the master calls. Let us come and dine of this bread. Let us eat of his flesh. Let us declare what his body says. You are righteous. You are made holy. You've been made pure. That's what he says. You may not feel it. Eat of him. You may say, well, Brother Wayne, you don't know what all is going on in my life. And I'm going to tell you, eat of him. He'll fill you. He'll fill you with righteousness. He said that he that hungers and thirsts for righteousness shall be filled. Well, come and eat. He's, he's the filling of righteousness. See, hear me. He is righteousness. He is righteousness. So for me to live in righteousness, I'm living in him. I'm living in him. I don't attain unto righteousness in myself. I receive the righteousness of God. And I know there's a work of righteousness to be done in us, but it's through eating him. It's through eating him. As I partake of him, I take on his mind. See I, see, I can't get his mind just because I want to. I read, I have the mind of Christ. That's what the Bible declares. I read that. Well, it's true because God said it. If God said it, it's true. Well, how does it become real in me? I eat of him. I eat of him who is the mind of Christ. I eat of him who is righteous. I eat of him who is holy. That's how these things become real. That's how life becomes real. I eat of him that says, I am life. Anyway, I pray the Lord just bless you fully. And this word just, just increase in your heart and your mind. And, and God just make his glorious presence known in you. The Lord Jesus Christ bless you. Amen.